Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock Hammer another violent weekend in Indy. Seven shot, two killed. Hey, it's 218 homicides in Indy, but that's down from last year. Let's have a big party. Let's get all the civic leaders together and smack each other on the backside and say, hey, we're doing a good job. Like, when you hear that, I'm I'm honestly wondering when somebody, uh, mainly from the left, says, hey, crime's actually down. Does that make anybody feel better, especially in some of these inner city hotspots that's happening? Does that make you feel... Yeah, it was two hundred like what seventy one last year, but now we're uh, now we're only at two hundred eighteen. The year's not over yet, but yeah, boy, I feel a lot better. We're in the top three, but yeah, let's throw a victory party here. As my old man told Boss Hogsett when he tried to walk up the stairs at Casa de Hammer <laughs> in Beach Grove, yeah. there's nowhere to go but down after you set a record. And last year was a record. This year is shaping up to be a top three homicide year in Indianapolis. 218 right now. Now, the good news, if you want anything that's good, we're no longer outpacing Chicago per capita. Really? Chicago had a little bit of an uptick. They've had a little bit of a violent string lately. So now Indianapolis is less than one percentage point behind Chicago per capita. Wow. Wipe the sweat off my brow. That, that's going to be on a just... Boss Hogsett campaign commercial, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't think that's making anybody feel better, especially it, people that have to deal with this kind of thing where they live, certain areas of town, um, at-risk communities that are hearing bullets whiz by their house every single day. This this 218 to well look we're down from last year that is that is not making anybody uh, feel an, an ounce better trust me on that one of the shootings over the weekend was at the washington boulevard 38th intersection now reverend charles harrison and his 10 point coalition group they were nearby i believe the reverend lives near that neighborhood and after the shooting that took place there i believe this was on saturday night he made this video for social media you know it is not concentrated in any particular area of the city anymore it is more widespread uh, and that's the reason why uh, we're seeing historical numbers when it comes to shooting uh, stabbings homicides and murders in the city. Uh, We have a lot of work to do. I know uh, INPD is making progress on the ground. Uh, The numbers are down uh, compared to last year, but they're still way up uh, compared to uh, some of the, the, the best years we have had. Uh, in 2009 through 2012, where we have four consecutive years of under 100 murders. I'm not for sure whether or not we can put this genie back in the bottle um, like we had uh, from 2009 to 2012. Uh, We have our hands full, particularly uh, when we now have a broken uh, judicial system when it comes to repeat violent offenders. This is Reverend Harrison. Peace. That's an amazing number, like from 2008, 2009 to 2012, under 100 homicides. That's a stretch there in those years. That's, wow. 
And now I'm looking at the numbers and I'm like, whoa, I, yeah, that, that's long gone. I was at a Pacer game a couple weeks ago and I ran into former Mayor Ballard and I had a conversation with oh, really? him about crime in the city of Indianapolis. And he said it can be done. It's going to take the court systems, it's going to take the prosecutor, and it's going to take the mayor to let people know that if you come to Marion County, it's a bad idea to commit crime. But right now, the mayor's office, the prosecutor's office, and the court system, none of them are interested in that message at all. And the violent criminals know this, and they're smart. Bingo, 100%. They know they can get away with it in Marion County, more so than, let's say, Hamilton County right now, where our old pal Greg Garrison is the prosecutor. His campaign, he ran on, don't commit a crime in Hamilton County. And if you know his reputation... You know he's not lying. Anybody <laughs> that, that is a criminal, you look at Indianapolis and you go, I'll be out on the streets again the next yeah. day. Doesn't matter if I have multiple felonies, if I shoot at a cop, doesn't matter. I'll be back out on the streets the next day. Thinking about a guy like Reverend Harrison, uh, who you know heads up the Indy 10-Point Coalition, he not only talks the talk, but walks the walk. I mean, literally walks the walk with those patrols, the 10-point patrols in hotspot areas. And it's not like... Uh, they haven't given any solutions or anything to uh, try to improve. They've they've given solutions. They've given ideas. The same with the FOP president Rick Snyder, along with Reverend Harrison. They've I mean we've had them on dozens and dozens of times, offering what exactly you know solutions as to what needs to be had. They're not just throwing stuff out there like oh this is a violent uh, city and crime is out of control and it's all the mayor's fault. No, they they've been offering solid solutions. I mean, I'm glad the IMPD got more money, for sure. Right. Um, some some gunshot technology. And to the technology. city, county, council's credit, they funded the police. But you can't, you can't just throw money at it, but have the same revolving door criminal justice policies as you have. I mean, money's one component. Recruiting attaining and retaining more talent for the IMPD, that's definitely a couple of components, but it's not, it's not the end-all, be-all solution. You got to shut that revolving door, man. So when we got off the air on Friday, this was when Twitter really started rocking and rolling. The Twitter files, if you want to call them that, uh, were starting to be released. Elon Musk gave a lot of information to a journalist. And that journalist, Matt Tabibi, he was the one that put this... Taibi. Taibi. Yeah, Taibi. He put this long thread out on Twitter, basically laying out what we already knew and what we already thought that the suppression of the hunter biden laptop story came from woke individuals who did not want the bidens to look bad right before an election and they had a little boost from the biden campaign from hollywood even the fbi all had a little bit of a hand in suppressing this hunter biden story to keep the Bidens out of the news cycle and make sure that Donald Trump did not win the election. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think there was ever enough evidence, in my opinion, to overturn an election, Dominion voting machines, things like that. But there was definitely evidence that big tech, Google, Facebook, Twitter uh, tried to tilt the 2020 elections, colluding with uh, members inside the Biden campaign. You know, there's this I'm looking through the files here, this um, these internal emails from Twitter, a message from someone um, uh, from the Biden campaign that submitted a list of tweets with the messages, quote, more to review from the Biden team. And it was responded by someone else from Twitter saying, handled, handled. 
So somebody, again, somebody in Twitter uh, emailed somebody else in Twitter saying, hey, I've got more to review from the Biden team. And the response was handled. I want to know who who from the DNC and or the Biden campaign was con- contacting Twitter. That's one of the questions that we, we don't know. Or, and who inside Twitter was handling the censorship. The other big bullet point for me was that we learned that the FBI had warned Twitter during quote, weekly meetings of Hunter Biden's hack and leak operation before censoring the post. So the FBI is involved here having weekly meetings about this. They were were giving the heads up to Twitter and Facebook uh, before the laptop contents were even talked about, before it was even a story. What does that tell you? And Jack Dorsey, he was the face of Twitter, but he kind of lost control. He was letting the inmates run the asylum here, and it was the San Francisco office that was making all the calls. And and so the FBI was saying, hey, hey, heads up here in a few weeks. You're going to get some Russian disinfo. You're going to get some hacked Russian stuff about something about a laptop from Hunter Biden. You got Adam Schiff saying it's uh, this is straight propaganda from the Kremlin. You have Joe Biden saying, no, this is all this is smear campaign. This is this is Russian interference. It wasn't any of those things. It was all real. And Twitter and other social media platforms suppressed it to try to get an advantage for Joe Biden in the 2020 election. And whether you agree that this was a bombshell or not, maybe you're somebody that says, you know what? This really isn't that big of a deal. The election's been decided. Whatever. It happened. This actually happened. It was put out on Twitter in a thread on Friday And on Sunday morning, the cable news networks and the talking shows, none of them had a story. Nothing in the New York Times. Nothing in the New York Times. NBC did run a hit piece on Elon Musk and the rise of hate speech on Twitter, but nothing about this thread that came out. Unbelievable. 